What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. And today we're talking all about intuitive eating. What is it? My definition, examples. And I'm going to be breaking down some chapters of my new book that I am writing that is going to be coming out sometime this summer, hopefully, if no delays happen. So get excited for that. But be on the lookout for my new YouTube video dropping at 7 a.m. tomorrow. So this podcast comes out, as always, on Sundays at 1 p.m. I don't know when you're going to be listening to this, but if you do listen to it, right when it drops on Sundays. Be on the lookout for that YouTube video that's going to drop tomorrow, Monday morning at 7 a.m. bright and early because it's going to make this episode make a lot more sense because today we're talking about intuitive eating, but in response to Greg Doucette's video that he released a couple days ago talking about intuitive eating and based on a Fox News article that he was on one side, Fox News was on the other side, and I was right in the middle. So I just had to talk about it because I think that I had some opinions that I could throw in. I've been doing a lot of research, a lot of trial and error, a lot of experimentation with this whole intuitive thing. So I figured I would throw my piece in. And this is kind of a deeper dive into that because sometimes I like to do that with the podcast where I do the YouTube video. That's more of like getting the clicks, the SEO, the search, the growing my channel. And then this is for everybody who just wants to basically learn more. And this is that opportunity. So without further ado, let's get right into it. All right, so right away, I want to talk about Greg Doucette's definition, or at least the definition that I got from his video about what he's talking about, because that's going to be very, very important, because in the article and in the video, I agree with some of the stuff he says, and I disagree with some stuff he says, because his definition is like intuitive eating is you're just wandering around like a mindless creature and just picking up food and shoving it in your mouth. How humans, he thinks it's how humans ate 200,000 years ago. And while I would agree with that, I would 100% agree with that, and I also agree with like, any animal on this planet, how they eat, I would agree that that is intuitive eating, but that's because the only knowledge they have is to just eat whatever they have in sight because they're just trying to survive. In this modernized world, we don't have those kind of stresses, at least here in westernized culture and a lot of the world, and hopefully we can get the entire world to not have to have food as a problem. They shouldn't have to worry about where their next meal is coming from, but we're not talking about world hunger. We can someday, but today we are talking all about intuitive eating. And so when he talks about intuitive eating, it's just like you have no decision-making abilities. You just kind of decide based on your emotion right then and there. What are you craving right then and there? Are you hungry? You eat immediately. He seems to think that that is intuitive eating. Okay, we're not going to criticize that right now. And we're going to move right on to the Fox News definition of intuitive eating, which is kind of the same thing, but it's like it's more structured in a way that it, you're supposed to be doing that. Like it's just that's how things are and that everything will just magically work out and that if you just decide what you're going to eat and even though you're craving all this junk food and you eat it all and it's everything will just work out. It's kind of hard to explain. It's almost the same thing as Greg Doucette, but it has a different look into it. Greg Doucette says, yes, this is what it is. It's just eating whatever you want, however much you want, whenever you want, but you're going to end up being fat, super overweight. And the Fox News article says, yes, it's eating whatever you want, whenever you want, however much you want, but you're going to end up right where you want to be. Everything's going to work its kinks out. Your body just knows and no matter what you give it, it'll find a way to make it happen without any kind of discipline or a pre-education, which I think both of those are just absolutely ridiculous, which is why I decided to make this episode and why I decided to make a YouTube video on it. So now we get into my definition of intuitive eating, which I use the actual definition of intuitive to make my definition of intuitive eating. Intuitive basically means you use your past reasoning, past data, past logic, past experiences to therefore make informed decisions about what you should do next. So to go back to my example, 200,000 years ago, humans, their past data and their past analysis and their past experiences was just like, we need to eat, otherwise we're going to starve and we're going to die. That is not the past data that we have now. That is not the past experiences we have now. 
here in westernized culture our past experience and our past data is that we eat junk and we get huge and we get super overweight so it's no longer intuitive eating thinking about oh just grabbing everything in sight and shoving it into our mouth because we have a different set of data and a different set of experiences and more knowledge and like science and health and medicine to pull data from to make in informed decisions about what to do next and now I you may at this point, if you don't agree with what I'm saying, you might think, well, you're trying to kind of put the human mind into like a computer type mold because at a raw level, we make decisions like that because intuitive is based on logic, reasoning, experience, and unfortunately, it can be good and bad emotion because emotion, human emotion can be, can make sense sometimes and it can make no sense sometimes you can seemingly have this emotion for no reason and it can force you to make a decision that makes no sense logically but that's the power of human emotion so i like to kind of put it into a computer mold pretty much like what would a computer do because it kind of simplifies the variables a lot and if you start thinking about that that's how i think about my intuitive eating like i need to get to result x what can i do to get to x to get closer to whatever it just makes it more simple to think about that. So that's my definition of intuitive eating. So in case I was a little sloppy, I'll go over that again. My definition of intuitive eating is you're using your past experiences data in the modern world, your past life experiences to make decisions about what you should do next. And to give you an example, the, the same example I use in my YouTube video, because I think it's amazing and I haven't posted it yet, obviously, as I'm recording this on Friday night sitting in my bedroom. But here it is. So if any of you have ever played with a Rubik's Cube before, those 3x3 three three Rubik's Cubes, maybe you have like a variation of it or like one of the better brands because obviously everybody who's got into cubing before knows that Rubik's Cube is just the worst brand ever. It is trash and a bunch of the Asian companies make better ones. But if you've ever played with one of those 3x3 three three twisty puzzles, I'm pretty sure everybody knows what a Rubik's Cube Come on. And so if, if you've ever learned how to solve one of those proficiently using the beginner's method where you get like the little cross, the white cross, and then you use basic algorithms to assemble the cube or to like put pieces where you want them, you'll know that those algorithms can be applied to other things. And so if you get to a point where you, I can hand you a mixed up cube three by three and you can hand it back to me in like three, four minutes or whatever, and it's fully solved, but then I hand you a five by five cube, I've been able to solve a ton of different cubes, so this is how I know this. And I hand you a five by five cube and I say, here, go solve this. What do you do? Well, you, you just start randomly turning the puzzle. You know, you just like, oh, I think I'm going to turn this here. You just make random, seemingly random decisions based on whatever you think you should do right in that moment. No, what are you going to do? You're going to take your algorithms and your intuition that you learned from solving a three by three and you're going to apply it to something else and try to solve a different problem. This is how this works. And this is why I think this analogy makes so much sense. Another example. A Mega Minx. It's like a 12-sided hexagonal, it's not even a cube anymore, twisty puzzle. If you want to go Google it, it's like a 12-sided, uh, basically big dice thing that has, it's spinny. And you don't really need to know the importance of that, but the important part is, is that it's solved very similar to a 3x3, and you would not know that just by looking at it. You would think that, oh my god, this is like super wacky. And But if you look at it, the placement of the pieces next to each other relative, you can use the same algorithms for the most part. There's a little bit of difference until the very end. So from the beginning till almost the end, you can use the exact same methods that you used to solve that 3x3 to solve this seemingly like super complicated puzzle by using your intuition your past experiences to make informed decisions about what you should do next here's another example that i also use in the video that i think is also really really awesome and it's even better than the rubik's cube example 
and that is algorithms you see them on Instagram any social media platform so YouTube Twitter anything where you are searching something and a computer is trying to choose what is best for you Facebook ads Google ads the the modernized world of digital technology is using this like algorithm based machine learning type of coding that is trying to figure you out as a person and so how do you think it decides how do you think YouTube decides what videos it should put on your homepage how do you think Google decides what's the best seven articles when you type in blah 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 into the search bar how does it know to give you those out of trillions of possible articles or how does Twitter know what to recommend you it's based on algorithms so if you if YouTube recommends you a video you click on it. Hopefully this isn't one of my videos. Hopefully you watch my videos all the way through. But, you know, let's say you click on another creator's videos, you know what I mean? And you watch their video for five seconds and then you click off of it. YouTube's going to recognize that. It's like, okay, this person doesn't like either this thumbnail, this video, this content style, this creator. It's going to take note of all of these things and then suggest a different video for you next time. So the thing that to think that intuitive eating is just like randomly making decisions is asinine that is not what it is and that's just called going all in which we'll talk later about that and how he relates it to the Greg just said relates to that but these algorithms are taking their past data past experiences that they're gathering from you to make informed decisions about what videos to recommend you next that's exactly what is going on now, I don't know the actual intricacies of it otherwise I would have 10 million followers and obviously I don't have that so now I want to move into talking about intuitive eating versus going all in because he relates it. He's Greg Doucette basically says that they're the same thing. And I highly, highly disagree because when Stephanie Buttermore came out and talked about this, talking about going all in and her journey and what she was going to start doing versus what she had been doing because she was peeled to the bone like year round before this. And then the hunger got to her and she just couldn't take it anymore. Not that I blame her. Obviously, she was leaner than I was relative to female to male way leaner than I was and she was holding that condition and it's just it wasn't worth it anymore to her it was affecting her quality of life so she decided to go all in which she defined herself as I'm just not going to restrict myself anymore if I want it I'm going to have it and I'm not really going to think too much about the implications of my decisions right now in this period of time I'm just going to enjoy myself and focus on being a human being and not starving all the time and actually living my life rather than living through a macro sheet living through my fitness pal and having to track the air that i breathe which is specifically why i say that i do not believe that tracking is a long-term solution i think it sucks i think it's stupid and i think it's obsessive it's ridiculous to me and, and everybody who follows me knows this by now that i believe that now do i think it's ridiculous to learn absolutely not don't be ridiculous do i think it's ridiculous to track your food for a show or a prep or because you really want to get dialed in no i do not think that's ridiculous do i think it's ridiculous to have to rely on an app for the next 30 years 50 years till the day you die when you're 16 you're going out to a restaurant with your friends do i think that's ridiculous yes i absolutely think that's ridiculous and so that's why i'm trying to build these habits into myself and everybody who listens to me and everybody who watches me i want to build these habits into you so that way you can learn how to be intuitive so that way you don't have to live and breathe and die through my fitness pal for the rest of your life so the the difference between intuitive eating and all in is kind of that restriction area or that i don't know really what to call it but it's like all in is unrestricted decision making whereas intuitive eating is i'm gonna I'm, i have a goal and i'm trying to make decisions that are going to get me closer to that without having to use any kind of tracking software or anything like that your decisions are guided by your goal whereas in all in it's just 
I'm hungry right now. What do I want right now? I put it into my body. That's the best way I can explain it. I hope that makes sense. And I hope you can kind of see the difference there as we keep going through this. So that's Greg Doucette's definition, Fox News definition, my definition, and intuitive eating versus going all in. And I covered all this in the YouTube video. So now I want to go deeper. This is the more in-depth part that I want to talk about. And so I previously at the beginning of this episode, I mentioned my intuitive eating ebook and it's actually not an intuitive eating ebook. I have one of those, but obviously I've made leaps and bounds since then in terms of my photography skills, my graphic designing skills, my writing skills, all that stuff. So while a lot of people enjoyed that and that content, some of that will be recycled and reworded and redone and put into my new book. My new book coming out is like the total intuitive lifestyle book where it's like we're training, recovery, eating, all of that, how to get all the results of people who like meticulously track their logbook and track their macros. How do you do it without seemingly that kind of sacrifice? It's not too good to be true. It's real, but I'm working on that. I'm trying to get that done as quickly as possible. But again, I don't want to rush it because this is like my top tier thing. Like this is like, I'm going to put my name on this and I want it to be super, super good. But with that being said, I'm going to talk about some of the chapters that are in that book that I think are just like super powerful because what I do is, is like every time I have an idea, like I have the three sections, right? I have intuitive recovery, I have intuitive training and I have intuitive eating. And like I'm writing the book and I'll be writing a chapter or a section or whatever you want to call it. And I'll have an idea and I'll write it down. And then I'll have another idea and I'll write it down. And like, and I have like these five ideas and I feel like I can just go into so much more depth of the book and writing a book, even though it's an ebook or a regular book, I plan on writing like a book, you know, like you crack them open and sit on the couch and read them. I know it's ridiculous, but I've, as I've gotten into it lately, as anybody who's watched my videos will know that it actually is kind of a challenge to sit down and organize your thoughts and be like, okay, you know, I have all this information in my head, but how do I clearly and legibly and logically put it onto a piece of paper so that way I can give it to somebody else and have it make sense? The podcast has been one of those things that has seriously really helped my ability to be able to organize my thoughts and actually give them to other people, whether it's like writing or on a YouTube video or talking in person. Seriously, like think about it. I'm sitting in a room talking to myself, having to make sense for 30 minutes at a time and like have things flow logically and make sense. And I have a note sheet in front of me and I have to like kind of piece this together and tie everything together and have transitions and make it all flow. And so that way you can have a seamless or as seamless possible uh, listening experience. And obviously I'm getting better at that every single time I do one of these episodes, but it really helps you organize your thoughts. And so I'm writing these books and like, I'm writing my book and I like, oh man, this is a good topic. This is a good topic. So I'm going to share a couple of them with you. Not all of them. Obviously, I got to keep some secrets and I'm not going to reveal like all of these just because I really want you to download this when it's ready to go so that way you can learn all of this because this is seriously awesome stuff that a lot of people aren't really talking about. So without delaying anymore, I'm going to talk about the first thing, which is people skip the education part. And this goes back to my original intuitive eating, intuitive eating ebook that you can actually go download right now where it's talking about my three rules. And the reason people can't intuitively eat is because again, they think that it's, you know, it's just whatever I want right now. That is not true. Replace intuitive with educated eating. And then that's what I think intuitive eating should mean based on the definition of intuitive. So I don't think that that's that unreasonable. And it goes back to my th three simple rules. You need to know what's in your food. You need to adhere to your plan and you need to learn how to make meals on the fly. So it's that education part that people miss. So it, it, it's a skill that you would learn just like anything else. Learning how to eat like a 
mature human adult and not make bad decisions that you know are bad and then justifying it through these ridiculous rationalizations you know like oh i trained hard today so i deserve to take a pizza to the face no that's not how that works that's an all-in approach an intuitive eating approach would be like all right i had my last meal but you know i'm i'm towards the end of the night i'm super super hungry i trained really really hard today i'm very sore i need to recover so i'm going to have another protein meal with you know some healthy fats and some good protein i'm going to keep the calories in check and then you know maybe i'll have whatever your cheat food is for me it's like i have a bowl of cereal or something that would be like an intuitive eating approach you see the difference there one is using logic to make a decision and that's how you learn to make meals you have to learn what's in your food but you have to go in order and the first thing is you know contrary to like this entire video you have to track i've never said once that i don't think that tracking has zero uses. I've never said that. And in fact, I highly endorse it for people who are trying to learn what's in their food and trying to find out how that all these fitness influencers, that word makes me want to barf, but how all these fitness people seemingly just stay shredded year round and how do they do it? And it's because they are educated on what's in their food. They know decisions to make. They don't look at salad dressing and think that that's healthy. It's not. It's full of garbage oils and a ton of calories. These are like the little things that you got to pick up on. Or like barbecue sauce. Oh, it's just harmless barbecue sauce. That barbecue sauce has probably 80 calories of high fructose corn syrup in it. And you're probably eating six tablespoons with your chicken. Boom, 240 calories. Yeah, obviously you're not losing weight. It makes sense. This is how people do it. They understand what is in their foods. So that is number one track everything you eat on a daily basis for months i would go to the grocery store and if i saw something interesting on the on the aisles like i was always walking by i'd pick it up and i'd read the nutrition facts that's not obsessive i'm curious i'm like oh that looks like an interesting product i've never seen that before i've never eaten that before let's look at it boom oh i find out how many calories in it oh that's not much maybe i'll try it oh that's way too much maybe i should cut that out if i am actually eating it or i was considering buying it. i look at it i'm like oh wow is it really worth 100 calories per tablespoon probably not and i'm going off the judgment that more calories are worse obviously there are going to be some people out there that you know they need the calories and in that case you have a much easier time i have literally no sympathy for somebody who says they can't eat enough because it's so ridiculously easy to eat enough i was grinding up like 3,000 calorie shakes with like half a jar of peanut butter in them before i'd go to school every day and that's what it took for me to gain weight so it's like I have no sympathy for those people who say they can't eat. Um, so I'm focused on the people who say that it's hard to eat less. I, I can resonate with those people. But those people who like have trouble bulking, that doesn't make no sense to me. And the next thing is adherence, which is in response to an argument that I feel like I would get. But I don't usually cause a lot of conflicts with this type of topic. So I'm going to start doing that because I'm going to start expressing my beliefs more heavily. Because I feel like I have the evidence and the experience and just the testimonials to back it up. Everybody I've taught this stuff to, it makes sense to them and it works for them. And that is adherence. And so that argument that I, I feel like I would get is, well, you know, if some people just ate intuitively, they would eat themselves 500 pounds, 600 pounds. I saw a comment on Greg's video talking about intu intuitive eating is fine, but if somebody's 500 pounds, their intuition got them to 500 pounds. And I agree with that. But again, intuitive eating does not mean that you don't, you just make non-educated decisions. Obviously, if you know that you struggle with eating too much, you need to incorporate the right ratio of high calorie and low calorie foods into your plan and make decisions accordingly. Intuitive eating, if, if you have trouble with eating too many calories, weight, all that kind of stuff, then you know that, okay, I can't have this because my goal is to be two, 270 pounds. I'm currently 350 
if I eat this, I will get farther away from my goal. So intuitively, you're like, okay, I need to replace it with this, i.e. insert lower calorie option to get closer to my goals of 270 pounds. That just, that makes sense to me. And if that doesn't make sense to you, I don't know how it doesn't make sense to you because that would be my argument back is you just need to have an understanding of what's in your food and understand your body more. And as you go through this game and you, you grind away day by day, you learn little things, you pick up things. Oh, I eat this. I get a little bloated. I eat this plus this and I get a little bloated. Okay. I, I have this much activity or I train this hard and then I eat this. I get, you know, I get a little nauseous. You pick up these tiny little things and over day by day by day, year by year by year, you pick up all these things and you have a pretty good understanding. You look back and you're like, well, now I know, you know, if I have this with this much water and this meal at this time and train this and warm up this much and, you know, eat this before the gym and take this supplement, I'm going to have a great workout. You learn these types of things. And so that's where the experience part, you can read all the books you want. You can listen to all the podcasts you want. It, it doesn't replace going out and getting the experience, which I think people nowadays in this community overvalue knowledge way, way too much. And they just like, they think that they can just read their way to the gains that they want. They think that they can just study their way to hypertrophy. It's like, you know, you want to cite all these studies. I don't really care because I know that I'm building muscle doing this and you're telling me that I need to do something else. Meanwhile, you're in the gym making zero progress because you think that you need to track the eccentric time and all this garbage and all this malarkey. And it just boils down to the fact that they're overvaluing the knowledge because they think that they can knowledge their way out of hard work doesn't really work like that. So now move on to another section of the book where I'm talking about calories in and calories out. And some people think that the calories in calories out model doesn't work, blows my mind, totally does work. Uh, and in the book, I go into like thermodynamics and entropy and stuff like that. I try to keep it as, as simple as I possibly can. But when you're talking about those things, inevitably people are going to get confused. So I'll give you an example that I use in the book. Okay, a house of cards, take a house of cards, right? And it's on your coffee table and all the cards are perfectly stacked in order to support the weight of the cards above them. It's like a stiff breeze could just take this whole house of cards down, right? And now imagine that as like the cells in your body, very organized, very structured. They have an exact like placement that they have to be. And now a stiff breeze comes through and blows that stack of cards over. Now there's cards everywhere. Some fell down the stairs. There's some on the carpet. They're all over the coffee table in, in a mess. They're they're, they're so disorganized. That's basically what your what life is trying to resist. Entropy is basically another word, a way to word it is disorder. So heat in the form of energy in the form of heat is basically disorder of the universe, right? So as energy spreads out, everybody knows this from sixth grade science class. At least you should know this if you've been in sixth grade science class. Things like to get away from each other. If you like spray for breeze in the air, it's naturally going to fill the entire room after some time because those Febreze particles and those scent particles like to move away from each other. Or if you stick a hundred people like packed shoulder to shoulder in the middle of a parking lot, what are they going to do? They're going to spread out. It's the same thing with energy on a universal scale. That energy is going to want to spread out and that spreading is called, it's called entropy, increasing entropy in the form of heat. And that's what the way we look at it is in the form of energy and in the form of heat. So to, to kind of circle all the way back and then, so the house of cards, right? Those cards are now spread out everywhere. They're disorganized. They are no longer that orderly house of cards. And I'm gonna make this all make sense. So just stick with me. And so for you to say that calories in, calories out doesn't work, you're literally 
trying to say that the human body alone, regardless of all the other life on this planet, all the other, you know, processes in this universe, whether it's black holes smashing into each other, star formation, supernovas, you're trying to say that the human body is the one out of everything else in this entire universe that we have come to know and learn the human body works differently that's what people who are trying to say calories in calories out doesn't work that's what they're trying to say does that make any sense so now that i put it on that kind of grand scale does that make sense i'm gonna pause for a minute and let you think about that if it doesn't make sure to shoot me a dm on instagram and we can talk more i'd love to another thing that i want to mention is neil degrasse tyson wrote a book about astrophysics for people in a hurry and it's a fantastic little book pocket little book i've read it multiple times it's awesome and he talks about how he was at like a cafe or something one time and the barista brought him over a hot chocolate and he neil degrasse tyson had specifically ordered whipped cream in his coffee or in his whatever it was hot chocolate that's pretty relevant and he asked for whipped cream on the top and there's no whipped cream on the top and so the barista said oh it sunk to the bottom now, obviously we know intuitively right if ice doesn't even sink some airy substance is not going to sink in water and the barista said oh it sunk to the bottom and neil degrasse tyson's like no that's, that's actually not how this universe works so either either i have it all wrong and this universe your cafe gets to break the rules of the universe or you just forgot to put some whipped cream in my coffee so it's basically that's exactly what people who are trying to say that calories in calories out doesn't work that's basically what they're trying to say is everything else works this way except the human body nope unfortunately that's just not right it either like these things that they point to like the thyroid or the hormones or whatever it is or my metabolism it's broken or whatever right they're pointing to the fact that in is changing or out is changing out can change in so many different ways right thermic effect of food hormones yes body weight activity level all these things can change there's one way that in can change how much you eat is the only way the in can change the system energy going into the system can only change in one way how much you decide to eat now out can be fluctuated by so many different things just because you think you are not eating that much and that you should be losing weight all goes back to learning what's in your food this is why i'm making this book because i feel like there's so many core misconceptions the next thing i want to cover real quick i know we're moving fast i just want to make sure that i'm jam-packing all the information in this episode that i possibly can is so the next the next topic is consistently inconsistent is consistent so people think that like oh that my body fat scale isn't hyper accurate therefore i can't use it that's not necessarily true oh the calories on your apple watch super inaccurate yeah that's true but that's still useful data because consistently inconsistent is consistent. So if it's always off by the same amount, you can track the differences, right? The marginal differences between like different things. So it's like, for example, if I trained legs and I didn't take a bunch of caffeine to artificially increase my heart rate, right? So I just, I get up in the morning at 6 a.m. I train legs and I burn 600 calories and my watch tells me I burn 600 calories and then a week later I go and I train legs and I burn a thousand calories. Yeah, I'm not burning a thousand calories in a leg workout, but it's much more relatively difficult compared to that 600 calorie leg workout. Now, is it exactly 400% or or 40%, excuse me? Is it 40% more than, you know, maybe maybe not that hyper accurate, but you can use these relative differences. Same thing with the body fat scale. It may be off, but it's going to be off by the same margin roughly every single time. It's tracking your body fat in the same way. The DEXA scan, the one DEXA scan 
not very useful. Two DEXA scans, super useful. You see what I mean? You can compare if it's if this tool of measurement is off by the same amount every time. You can use that to compare. But now that moves into why you can't track calories. And so this is one one area where this might not apply. And again, I talk about this in the book where you can't actually track calories. Even for those people who think that they can track calories, you can't because if you have eight ounces of top sirloin steak, well, why why would this piece of this eight ounce piece of top sirloin steak? How do you know that that has the same exact fat content, the same exact water content? Like how do how do you know that these two pieces of steak that are both considered top sirloin cut from the same part of two different cows? How do you know that they have the exact same amount of fat in them? It's a guess. That label is a guess. It's kind of close, but if everything is a guess throughout your day, you're wildly off. It's like, it's not, it's almost not even worth tracking because you're going to be wildly, wildly off at the end of your day because everything is a guess. And so that's where the consistently inconsistent thing works and doesn't work for calorie tracking because, you know, uh, two pieces of steak from the same cut of different cows, who knows if they're going to consistently be, you know, within the same margin of calories, you know, they might be you know, within a 5% margin of each other, which is how they get the label. And they just average the caloric content of this piece and they average the caloric content of that piece. And that's how they come up with the label. But you just got to be careful when it comes to this whole tracking thing. So that is going to wrap up today's episode. I know I went probably way too fast and I was just getting super into this, right? I'm like sweating a little bit from this episode just because I had so much fun recording it. I had a really, really good time talking about this stuff because I love this stuff. And that's why I even made the video just because I'm like, I, I saw that in my feed and I was like, I got to make a video. Like I just love intuitive eating too much. I'm too passionate about it. I'm literally writing an entire book on it. And the book is like, probably like 13 it's like a google docs it's like 13 sheets long right now and not, we are just getting started on that so i just knew that i had to make an episode on this so I'm, I'm sorry if my thoughts were kind of unorganized again this thing is difficult if you've never tried this i highly recommend and i implore you to try something like this because it's not easy it is pretty difficult to organize your thoughts especially in a podcast when you don't have time to hit backspace 20 times you're like no that didn't make sense you know you just kind of kind of roll with the punches so i hope you enjoyed the episode i hope you got something out of it if you could please share this with a friend you think can benefit from this because if somebody knows who greg Doucet is which if you're watching me you probably know who he is send this to a friend who knows about him and hopefully this can enlighten them on what intuitive eating is, how to move forward if they're having struggles. I really hope this helps out. As always, I want to thank you guys for making this part of your weekly routine. I cannot wait to talk to you all next Sunday at 1 p.m. We got a lot of cool videos coming out in the next like two weeks, by the way. So be on the lookout for all of those. I'm getting really excited for this summer. It's almost here. I'm like one week away. It's pretty much just finals week. Actually, it is just finals week recording this. This was the last week of regular class. So got to bang out finals and then it's full steam ahead with working, entrepreneurship, grinding out content. I can't wait. But until next time, I can't not wait to talk to all you guys. Take care. See you soon.